Hi, this is Dr. Karen Becker, and I have a great, very special guest today. I have Uri Lopez with me. He's a documentarian, and he um, his background is in graphic design, and he's a professional photographer. But you have come uh, to the table today uh, to help spread the word about a topic that's near and dear to your heart. So tell me a little bit about um, tell me a little bit about uh, Galgos. Because everyone, and I shouldn't say everyone, most people in the U.S. don't know anything about the Galgo. Uh, and my introduction to Galgos were, was through a sound beginning. Uh, but back up and tell us a little bit about your background and your introduction to Galgos and then how you ended up wanting to make a, docu, uh, a documentary about their circumstances. All right. Well, Karen, thank you very much for having me here. The Galgo is a hunting dog. Uh, if you look at them, they are made for running. They look very much alike um, your, your greyhound, actually, but greyhounds are like the sprinters. They run very fast, but for a very short time. But galgos, they're used here in Spain for hunting the hare, and they are the marathon runners. They can run up to seven minutes. And actually, they've been used here in Spain for centuries. If you look back at our art history, you could see Galgos in royal paintings and in many other very, very special places. It was a very, very valuable dog. But things have changed now. I think we have around 500,000 Galgos here being used for hunting the hare, and their value is not very high anymore. So they suffer quite a lot. Actually, Spain is the only country in Europe which allows uh, hunting with dogs in the open fields. Mm. So if you look at the Galgo, you can see perfectly well that they are made for running. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then historically, um, it sounds like it's a very old breed, but it sounds like probably like most animals, humans have started to exploit them in the last several hundred years. Are they being bred uh, in like breeding facilities for people to purchase as hunting dogs? Or are 500,000 galgos is a lot of dogs. Um, are they intentionally bred just for hunting or people uh, purchase them as companions? Uh, are they, what's the reputation in Spain right now? Well, that's a good question because uh, for us and for most people, the galgo belongs to the field. So they don't really understand these dogs mm. being at home, but they can make perfect pets. Actually, they can sleep up to 16 hours per day. And my project also is to counterbalance this image that we have of the Galgo. But the breeding issue here is a major, major problem because uh, they, the breeders called Galgueros, they think that the champion will come that it is a matter of character. So they breed and breed and breed. And they breed galgos for hunting. This is not for food or anything like that. This is a hobby, right? So we are talking here about a kind of Spain, kind of frozen in time. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm from Spain. And when I decided to, to start this project, to start this documentary, I wasn't prepared to see what I saw in this kind of deep, deep Spain. So they are looking for this champion to come, uh, a kind of a messiah, some galgo that would not only run fast, 
but that would also have this kind of character mm. that would go after the hair. It doesn't matter what. Some of them have to run over very, very hard terrains and their paws are bleeding and they're very tired and it is very hard, but they keep on running. And that's the kind of dog they're looking for. So um, I, I would also like to point out that this is not like a match or like um, the way you use greyhounds in the States or also in the United Kingdom. You go to a place and you see the greyhounds run. But here, it is everywhere. Here, it is tradition, culture, and some of them call it sport. Mm. Actually, the Ministry of Culture and Sport is the one who finances this thing as well. So when you are living in a village in deep Spain, you have to actually take parts. There is this very strong line and you have to say, okay, I'm on this side of the line, I'm pro hunting with Galgos, or I'm on this other side mm. of the line. So because the selection is so, so difficult because they are looking for this special Galgo, there are many, many galgos that are put down. Actually, it is from 50,000 to 100,000 galgos every year, which are abandoned or killed because they don't meet the owner's expectations. So this is, this is not a show that you go to and watch. This is everywhere oh in Spain. So this is, um, this is this disposable mentality where the vast majority of these dogs aren't making the grade and in turn they're being recycled for a bigger, better, faster, stronger Galgo from an owner's perspective. It sounds like it's very utilitarian. Sounds like there's not a, a deep dog to human bond that is occurring really at all. It sounds like this is a breed that is completely exploited. The bond, I mean, you. You could see Galgueros, breeders, who have other dogs at home. These dogs could be in the kitchen, on the sofa, but the Galgo will always be in the garage oh. because Galgos are looked as as tools, right? Mm -hmm. They are like guns. When your gun is broken or maybe even less than a gun, because I've heard the expression that a Galgo is not worth a bullet, you, you, you kill it with many, many times. So the galgo here in this context is a tool. Mm. So if it is not sharp enough, you get rid of it. Mm. So there is a huge, huge invisible population of galgos out there in Spain who are abandoned in the field, very difficult to catch, mm. or are just handed out to some shelters that we don't know about. Yes. So for me, this was a story that has been going on for centuries mm -hmm. and nobody wanted to talk about it. Mm. So I got my galgos. I have two galgos. I was living in Denmark. And when I got these dogs, I was like, wow, what an amazing pet. What kind of character? And I knew a little bit about the story, but I got very, very intrigued. Mm. And it was about my country. So I started digging it, digging it. And for two years, I was undercovered in this uh, kind of world because you can only get into this world if you have a galgo. Mm. So I was kind of, okay, I'm gonna try to tell this story. And I was pretending to be uh, one of them. Mm. And for two years, I was in, and that's very, very difficult. Mm. And I think also this story is a kind of a taboo for us. Mm. I think we are a bit embarrassed that our society hasn't been able to 
recognize that we have this problem with the way in which we relate. You were talking about how we relate with animals. Here in Spain, we use animals in a very, very cruel manner. Um, we, we, we have bullfighting, yeah. we have, I mean, we are a very, very hunting country. Mm. Uh, one of the very large countries that, you know, allow the use of these dogs okay. this, this way. So I was like, I need to tell this story because it is about us. It is about what kind of society we want. And for a long time, we haven't been able to talk about this. And I tell you, Karen, I'm getting a lot of heat because we have a lot of hunters here. I, I can't imagine. And so, and just your commitment to move back from Denmark to tackle this issue is incredibly admirable, but I can only imagine you are not popular. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm not. Yes, I'm yes. Not, uh, no. <laughs> and as many, many life game changers uh, come to recognize that you're doing this for a, a mission outside of yourself. So this is not about anything other than bringing awareness to an incredibly important topic. So in the last two years, talk to me about how you went about putting your documentary together. How did, what, where did you start and where are you now? Well, I started three years ago. I went to a village and I, I bought a dog called Bacalao. That's my first Galgo. And with this Galgo, I was living in Denmark and traveling back to Spain, trying to get deeper into the story, right? I was telling these guys, I want to be like you. I want to understand this. And that was the truth. Mm -hmm. I wanted to understand where the passion for breeding these dogs was because I didn't get it. Everybody was talking about it. Um, everybody was like afraid. I saw a lot of things that, you know, gave me the chill. So I was like, okay, this, this is something I need to do. But I'm editing now. I finished recording like two months ago. The hunting season has started again. So this is a new circle. So I have just begun to edit and, um, uh, my intention with this film is to make it bigger outside because I'm not finding any support here in yeah, Spain. Yeah. I have been trying to apply to funds and to, to find supporters, but I believe that we need some people outside our borders yeah. to, to give us some help. So we as a country think twice, mm -hmm. think like, okay, if the whole world is saying that this is not okay, maybe we need to give a second thought to it. Yeah. So my my story was the hero's journey my galga bacalao was the only female in the in the leader and the other uh, five brothers were taken by this galguero by this man so i didn't i didn't have to choose because mm -hmm. i wanted a female mm -hmm. but when i went back to denmark i was thinking a, a lot about these brothers and i wanted to find this man so at the beginning, I wanted to do like a, like a series for kids, like, okay, this is this dog, our hero that comes back to Spain, trying to look where her brothers are. Mm -hmm. and, and I started like that, trying to look for this man and trying to look for this man brought me so many other stories. Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't been able to find this man, but Bacalao, my dog, could have been any of the dogs that I have found along the story. So I thought, okay, I have something bigger here. I have a feature documentary. I have a longer film. 
And that's how I started. Mm -hmm. I wanted to find what happened to these to these dogs. And I found that there are hundreds of thousands of galgos suffering out there. Gosh. And also a lot of people working for the galgos well-being that are suffering also. Yeah. I don't want to go into details, but I have I have heard very, very many creepy stories. People that are working rescuing galgos that are under threat, that have to move to another village. I mean, there are a lot of stories there that, I don't know, this is not the country I want. So that's why I'm doing this. And, you know, if, there are some similarities between the galgo and the racing greyhound community here. The mm -hmm. difference being is that greyhound racing is a sickening sport, in my opinion, um, but at least there are specific greyhound rescue groups that do a tremendous job of trying to get those dogs out once they are disposed of, getting them out alive and then placing them in forever beautiful, loving, compassionate homes. That system was not in place for the Galgo, I think, until quite recently. I mean, the, there aren't necessarily uh, a lot of Galgo rescues in Spain, right? Well, there are many. There now, are many. Yes, they're, they're, and, and they're uh, coming. For instance, I've been collaborating and recording in many of them. And there's this one that I've uh, visited quite often that in a month, okay, the hunting season ends in February. That February 2015, they took in one month 900 galgos. I mean, we're talking about a lot of dogs and there are many, many groups also working for the Galgo here, but there, there are so many. Yes. I mean, the numbers are crazy. We are now exporting a little. Mm -hmm. Now people around Europe and also in the States, I went to Philadelphia, I went to Chicago to present Joe Galgo, the film. I went to New York. So, so I, I've, I've met people that are also working in bringing dogs from Spain to other countries, mm -hmm. but the numbers are so big. Mm -hmm. There will also be uh, too many galgos. Um, actually, the relationship between the galgo world, the galgueros, and the shelters is very interesting because, of course, the shelters want, want to protect the galgos, but now it is easier than ever before for the Galgueros to just give the dogs yes. away to the shelters, yes. the dogs that they don't want. So it is a very, very strange circle now. Yeah. Now Galgueros are breeding more than ever. Wow. So, so you are not necessarily, you're not necessarily yet finding a solution in that this cultural norm really has been so pervasive in the Spanish culture that trying to shift that mentality probably will have to start with a, another generation, maybe even a younger generation that could be potentially more open-minded and recognizing the exploits of, of this really devastating practice of overbreeding a dog for utilitarian purposes. Are you finding, you're probably finding more international support than you are finding support in your own country. I am finding support also here. Yeah. I have to say, Good. we launched a Kickstarter because we couldn't, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't find funds for the film. So we launched a Kickstarter, and the the most supporters came from Spain, and the second biggest supporter was the United States. Great. So I th I think now we have begun to change our mentality here, and I agree with you. It is about education. Mm -hmm. Education, education. We need to find a new way in which we relate with animals. They cannot be tools like this. So 
I think I think sharing, talking about this is very important. I mean, we really need to open a much needed debate that we haven't had for many years. Yes. So, and, and I could not agree more, and I admire you for kind of taking charge and recognizing that this is a topic that has not been discussed but needs to. So I appreciate all of your efforts. If people wanted to learn more, um, I will promise you that many of uh, our listeners and readers have didn't even know that a galgo was a breed. And so if people wanted to learn more about this topic, this discussion, where would they go to, to learn more, to learn more about your film, where would people go for more information? We, we, we have opened a channel that's yogalgoproductions.com. You can also find us on Instagram, yogalgo. We have like 17,000 followers already. We are on Facebook. The thing, Karen, is that we've been researching this for almost three years and we have found so much so much information, so much hidden contracts, so much black money that mm. it doesn't fit everything into my film. So we're going to put up a channel to, to start a conversation because we need people from both sides. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not going to change this if, if uh, Galgueros are not understanding that things should be done differently. Mm -hmm. But more important, we need to, we need people. I mean, we, we need to build a community. So policy making changes a little bit here. And we haven't been able to do it on our on our own. I mean, right. this this is going on for centuries. Yep. So maybe it is because I lived abroad for many years and I brought my family to Spain that I'm fighting to change my country a bit because, you know, I, I don't like this. Yeah. I like many things, but I don't like this. Mm -hmm. So what we need is a community. So if you if you like the story, if you think you can support us, you go to yogalgoproductions.com, yep. which is actually a platform to collaborate because this is a collaborative production platform. Our project, Yogalgo, is the first one, but we're going to all together make these stories that are very difficult to produce in the future. My intention is to make a community that, okay, think that... Uh, Certain stories are important to do. Yes, yes. Well, your uh, commitment, your your warrior spirit is admired and appreciated. We will do everything we can on this side of the pond to support you and your efforts. It, it comes down to education, and through education, we can shift a mindset. But it will take commitment and a lot of soldiers in the Army to, to get the education process rolling. So I appreciate all that you're doing, but... I, I really am thankful that you have set up this uh, platform, including a website, to educate, but also to help build the momentum so that we exactly. can work together to shift change, to affect change. Exactly, definitely. Because I'm sure there are a lot of creators out there that need support. Okay. I mean, we, we also started a t-shirt brand. I mean, this story will not find support from TV channels because it is not popular. Yep. I mean, yep. it, it might be hard to watch, of course. but it is, it is needed. Yes. So we need to develop together new forms of funding, new forms of collaboration. Uh, networking is so important mm -hmm. and internet has made the world so small right now. Mm -hmm. We're getting help from Japan, China. We, we entered China, a country 
that eats dogs. We have a, a small community there also, very interesting what we're doing. So I believe that we, we, we need some independency. We, the creators, can empower some other creators in this way. Yes. So, and, and also, I mean, culture creation brings a lot of transparency. Culture has always been looking at governments about what they do. So my kind of activism is through filmmaking. And I think that's, that's going to be much more effective than what we've been doing so far, because I could be helping shelters and I do, but I think we need to find the international arena as our fighting platform. Yes. Well, we are here to support you and we're really looking forward to uh, not just this documentary getting out, but we're looking forward to your future films and productions which help push this evolution of this really important topic forward. Everything you're doing is inspirational and we're just really glad to be a part of the educational process collaborating with you. Thank you. Thank you so much.